Let's bring on Ontario's education minister. He is Stephen Lecce. Stephen, it is great to have you on Toronto today. Once again, I hope your summer's going well. Thanks for making the time for our audience today. Thanks so much, Greg. It's nice to be back. Yeah, it, it, you uh, you had an announcement yesterday, and I think it was comforting uh, to the vast majority of parents to hear that there's an emphasis, not just on making sure that uh, learning is in person this year, but you really wanted to get it out there when it comes to clubs and extracurriculars, the things that, that kids really thrive on, the, kids that, kid, the, the things that kids have been without. Why was it so important uh, to make that statement and, and sort of plant that flag in the sand yesterday? I think it's important to lay out an expectation on behalf of students who have borne so much of this pandemic that they want to go back, they want to be with their friends, in front of their educators, full-time, without interruption, with the full learning experience in place. And yes, that includes extracurriculars, sports, bands, field trips. These things matter. And when we look at the learning of a student, it doesn't just take place from an academic perspective in the classroom. The social, emotional learning, the leadership capacity, the skill sets we're trying to develop in the next generation of thinkers and leaders in Canada, it's premised on giving kids a fulsome learning experience. And that's why I'm setting out a clear expectation for our staff that those experiences must be restored for the benefit of children. I mean, look, we can agree on this. I don't care what your party is or your union member or not. These kids deserve normal. They deserve us all to rise to the challenge. And my message is one of focusing on these children, getting them back on track academically. It's why we announced, Greg, a new tutoring program to really help these kids uh, access fo- uh, learning on reading, writing, and math. We're focusing on job skills and life skills that's going to help them get a job. And mental health. We've, co- we've increased funding by 420%, million, $10 million new for September. It's going to make a difference. And I hope it builds some cautious optimism that we can get these kids back on track. I'm sure you had some uh, added oomph hearing from parents who saw normalcy in June. I went to my own kid's eighth grade graduation. He had a dance afterwards. My 70 plus parents came down um, and were there in person in the gym. And it it was everything. It meant everything to our family. Um, My my kid's been in my oldest kid's been in school two years and he hasn't had any of that yet. I'm sure you've heard from parents that saw how how things felt so real and back to normal in June, and, and you want to keep that, keep that train moving forward. Yes, because, Greg, we have put in place massive investments and interventions to reduce risk. We've demonstrated that we can do this. We can work and keep these children in school. And by doing so, when we look at what are the outcomes we hope to achieve, it's to get students back on the on academically, get them back on track when it comes to skills of reading, writing, and math, which we know have taken a hit. If we do that, expand tutoring, increase mental health, reemphasize a curriculum that's focused on life and job skills, if we really make those investments, which we are doing, I do believe we're going to see a lot of happy kids who are just, you know, pleased to be back. I was at a school yesterday in Ajax, a publicly funded school, um, and I met a bunch of kids part of a summer program that the mm-hmm. province is part of the largest summer learning program in our history, um, part of that learning recovery funding. And it was amazing. I met some of the teachers who said, I have never seen kids literally weeping because they have to go home because it's a half-day summer learning program at noon. So they have lunch and they leave, and they were so sad. And I met the kids, and they like, essentially were saying, you know, can we stay here longer? So mm-hmm. it's a weird world to be in where kids are petitioning the government to stay in school longer, but it's obvious they want to go back. And this government and our premier is making clear our expectation and our commitment to the people of Ontario that we will deliver on that. We will get them back. Mm-hmm. 
with every investment in place and keep them there in a stable environment. Stephen Lecce's Minister of Education joining us on Toronto today. I know we've only got three, four minutes here, but I want to ask you, what do you say? What do we do with a teacher who says, despite my despite the ventilation improvements, despite an N95 mask supply and despite three or four vaccinations, maybe even despite having COVID already, I don't feel safe. I don't want to teach in the classroom. What do we do? Well, uh, I think uh, those individuals should, sh- should seek an opinion of the chief medical officer of health or their local public health unit, all of whom have said in the past and continue to believe schools have been incredibly safe spaces with ventilation upgrades, 100,000 happy units. We have rapid tests continuing to be provided to those staff and to our kids on a symptomatic basis. We're offering them N95s, as you mentioned, the only province in the nation, the only jurisdiction I'm aware of in this country that is doing so. We have gone above and beyond, and the time now is to remain cautious, but to remain optimistic and to focus on returning to class. We all, as individuals, can reduce our risk. Um, And, of course, with rapid tests, with PPE, with vaccines, with ventilation, with HEPA units, $600 million in mechanical ventilation upgrades, uh, I think at this point we need to look forward and focus on doing our jobs of serving children, inspiring them, keeping them uh, safe, and really keep them focused on uh, their academic journey. And I know we can do so, and we'll continue, by the way, working closely with Dr. Moore, working closely with the pediatric hospitals, so we we keep the kids as safe as possible. But look, uh, our focus on getting them back into in-person learning, and with a $600 million increase in investment for September, I'm very confident that the schools will be positive, safe learning environments that will be normal for these kids to return to. I'm all for the looking forward, and, and that's encouraging, and, and I have been for some time. I'd ask you if, if you were able to look in the rearview mirror and say, was there a time when we closed schools and we should not have? Did we close them all at the right times? Was there a time? Was it January? I mean, did we did we overreact at all? with a school closure period of time in your lens of looking back and saying, hey, listen, nobody's got everything right through all of this. Was there a time we did that? You know, I think uh, what we did in the past is we leaned on to medical advice to guide us. We wanted to be risk averse. Uh, we didn't want to take any chances. We, we didn't know then uh, what we know now. Uh, what we know is that it's safe for kids to be in school. We know that there's minimal risk. We know that the vaccines, with the PPE, and of course, with rapid testing, for symptomatic purposes, we reduce risk demonstrably, and we get kids back. And when we look at the cost-benefit of keeping them out versus being into the mental and physical health of children, it is overwhelming now with the evidence we know that there is, it's inexcusable for kids to be out of school. And it is our strong position, the first pillar of our Planet to Catch Up is about getting these kids back, creating stability and normalcy, with some elements of safety, of course, that's absolutely required and necessary, but as normal as possible. And that's why we insist upon it with the, uh, with the tutoring, with the mental health, and of course, with the extracurricular component. Mm-hmm. I think it could be a great positive year for these kids. It won't be perfect, but it'll be as near normal as we can do it while we're still contending with waves of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of parents just are really excited by the prospect of kids uh, participating in the sports, the clubs, and academic, uh, and in their classrooms, I think they really look forward to seeing their kids return with that smile on their face. I know you and I both only have about 45 seconds here. Can you update our audience on contract negotiations with the teachers' unions? Are there some unions you're more ahead of in terms of putting pen to paper than others? 
yeah, I mean, we want to get a deal full stop that's fair for the workers and good for kids that keeps them in school. Uh, some of the unions uh, we're meeting with all summer because they made themselves available, which is the right thing to do. And I want to thank those unions who are doing that. There are others, I will note, that have literally said to us, we are not meeting and unavailable until September, uh, which is, of course, when the contracts lapse. So I, 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 my message to everyone is we got to work through the summer to get these deals and provide stability for kids. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no time off here. We've got to, we've got, uh, we've got to land and hammer them out so we can just let parents rest easy, not having to deal with this. As they do, to be fair, Greg, every three years under every government and every premier, there's this cyclical pressure and often a withdrawal of service that impacts kids. So I'm suggesting we can't afford that. There's no appetite uh, for that. We will not permit it. Uh, we need to stay at the table get a deal and get the kids back. And that's what I'm working hard to do. What union, I, this incredibly fair to ask this, what union's not willing to meet with you until September? Who is that? Uh, some of the teacher unions, uh, ETFO, for example, indicated that they will not be available until September. Uh, and others like QP, who are working with us and meeting with us through the summer. Okay. And it's just a really, it's a factual reminder that everyone should be made available to work hard to get a deal because we're available throughout this period. We always have been, we always will be. Because for us, stability is the number one Mm. uh, priority of the government. And I think, frankly, you talk to the members, talk to the educators, they want it too. They want it too. They just want to go back to work. They don't want to deal with this. Um, And so I think we could all agree if we put these kids first, we lean into that, I'm confident we can get a deal. Thanks for the time, uh, Stephen. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you can come back on and update us in August. This affects everybody. uh, And I know, like you said, everybody wants what's fair. Everybody wants a deal. Everybody wants normalcy. Thank you for the time today. Okay, thanks, Greg. Have a good day. You bet. Stephen Lecce is uh, Education Minister for the Province of Ontario. And that's, to me, a little bit of breaking news there, that the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario, and maybe they'll respond in kind and say, no, we'll meet. But we're, what are we talking, 37 days away from September, and they don't have time to meet until then? Like, that was just put out there by the minister. If that's not accurate, then Edfo needs to say so. And if it is accurate, then we have to ask questions as to why. Look, I, I, I get the process of this, okay? And I get also some people say, Greg, you're speaking to a politician. Okay, he's saying what he needs to say about extracurriculars. He's trying to get parents on his side. Okay, great. I agree that that's a lot of what's happening here. But I'd love to hear from the ETFO and from that union as to why they won't meet in person prior to then. So if you truly believe in the value of getting a deal done, if you are there, part and parcel, for our kids, and you believe also, look, the extracurriculars, some teachers are more into them than others. Some teachers will, you know, coach everything, go on every field trip, be here, be there, and some won't. Some of that's ability, some of that's age, some of them, uh, some of that's are the teachers. Uh, some of the older teachers were some of the more active teachers that we had. And some of the ones that had young kids when I went to high school, they just couldn't handle the after school stuff every single day. They couldn't coach football. They couldn't coach, uh, you know, uh, they, they couldn't run the school play, all that stuff. But I honestly don't ask me. Don't ask me to criticize the government. And I'm very critical of them sometimes and say, hey, they're using our kids as pawns. When you hear about a union that won't meet until September in person. Who's using who for what? 